0: Good morning everyone, it is Saturday and it's time for short takes and updates. I am Joy Jarman-Walsh based in Hiroshima.
1: Hi there, I'm Tova Kinooka based um, in Yokohama, just outside Tokyo.
0: Yeah, this is great to catch up again this week, it's been a very busy week for you. Uh, you had webinars and events, I've <laughs> I've been keeping busy as well. So. We're gonna talk about what we've been up to, some of the news that's been on our radar, and I've got some great Christmas sustainable shopping tips as well, I wanna add.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> Toby, totally,
0: nice you, you wanna start with the webinar that you were part of?
1: Right. So on uh, Tuesday, we did a webinar with our partners Nworld Executive Search. And um, we were talking about sort of a a wrap up of the year, really. So what are the the big trends or shifts that we've noticed um, through sort of 2021 um, in regards to people in sustainability? And uh, what do we think sort of is coming up for the year ahead and, and how are organizations going to need to respond to that? So
0: wow interesting and i i respond. i wrote on linkedin is there going to be a public link and apparently there is one coming soon
1: yes we're just working on editing the video now um and we should be able to get that out early next week that's the plan
0: i think that's that's great theme because often uh sustainability the whole idea is only on planet only on the environment right. side but yeah. having uh, focus on people because of course we're not going to make things happen for the planet side without getting people involved right. and the planet side definitely affects people so people are an important part of the equation all right?
1: integrated all integrated yes. and what we were sort of particularly looking at is um, if organizations are now getting really serious about sustainability, which many of them are, which is fantastic, long overdue. Um, they're having to suddenly build teams or roles, um, you know, departments, sustainability departments perhaps, or people are having to take on uh, responsibility for sustainability initiatives within the company. So we were looking at, you know, what what kind of things do they need to be able to do those jobs well? What should companies be looking for? Because it seems that some companies go out with this wish list of, okay, we're going to have a chief sustainability officer. They need to have this resume um, with all these things. Um, And very few people tick all of those boxes. Nobody knows everything about this topic right it's huge you've got the whole reporting side the esg side um you've got to understand supply chain you know issues and so on it's it's huge and nobody's an expert really in all of it so you know a lot of companies had that kind of wish list but then realizing actually nobody is out there to do this so in that case what do we need to be looking for um so we had a discussion around that and hopefully we'll be able to share the video soon and people can have a look if they're interested.
0: That sounds really exciting. I've I've been working on a project recently, which hopefully I'll be able to announce next month. But working on how businesses can better communicate to the customers about yeah. the good work that they're doing, like right. yeah. making a more simple way to talk about it. I think. I see so, and there's a reason I wanted to become a consultant in the beginning, because I see so many businesses who are doing so much, but they're not talking about it. And the customer doesn't really know how they Mm -hmm. are different from business as usual. So
1: excited about trying to
0: help that clear communication with a new project. So yeah, excited. Now I am drinking something really exciting right now. And this is a new find for me. I went to a pop-up shop yesterday. Now, this is, I'm trying for the first time. This is a game changer in terms of sustainability and coffee. This guy, Yuya Roast, Yuya is going to be one of the guest speakers at my next Seeking Sustainability event in January And I don't know why I said that really weird January, (laughs) January, January, January. yeah. (laughs) Um, he, he started a company called Yuya Roast and he does direct trade for his beans, but now he's starting to mix. Now, get this rice, get my rice, he's roasting and mixing with beans to use. Japanese rice, which is something we have enough of, of all the products in Japan, and uh, organic Genmai rice mixed with direct trade, fair trade coffee beans. Yeah. So it's cheaper because you're using a local resource. Mm -hmm. And the coffee industry around the world is now panicking because there just isn't enough sustainable coffee. Mm -hmm production yeah. right yeah so i'm drinking it right now i have to tell you i don't really notice a difference wow. with regular coffee yeah it's a real game changer i was really excited for him and because he's been talking about it so long when i why when and i'm really excited he's like yes someone's excited good because this is new this is like revolutionary right
1: Fantastic! There is a oh, lot really going on in the, the coffee industry. I think that's really interesting. We we did a huge project um, this year with uh, a Japanese coffee maker. Um, it was one of the top ten in the world, and this was their first um, ever foray into sustainability, which was <laughs> interesting. Um, and one of the issues they were talking about really was, you know, sourcing beans, ethical, environmentally sound beans. Um, because, obviously, the the supply is not that great at the moment. Um, And it's one of those industries where there are huge they're very, very impacted by climate change, of course. Coffee, you know, plants are very sensitive to, to temperature, particularly temperature rises and stuff. Um, but also um, the the labor issues, you know, sort of um, unfair labor, etc. Uh, in many coffee growing areas of the road is, uh, world is a huge issue. So yeah. there, there's really a strong drive to look at, you know, what can we do about that? So we spend a lot of time researching, um, you know, different Uh, potential sort of uh, sources of ethical coffee. But another thing that came up was, and I'm trying to remember the exact phrase for it, was it molecular coffee? Have you heard about that? No? So this was coffee, but produced... Not from coffee, if that makes sense. For, so it, it's a coffee substitute, I suppose. But there are a lot of companies working on this where they've been sort of taking the essence, like in a lab, taking the essence of what the bean is um, and what the taste is, and then re- looking at how they can recreate that with other things. Um, Isn't and that interesting. So of,
0: similar to what they're doing with Beyond Meat. Yes. Right? Yes. yes the exactly essence that. Essence of that protein. It, yeah. And recreating it in a lab.
1: Right. Yes. So exactly the same process, but applied to coffee. Um, I'll try and find some info on it for next week because it's a really interesting space. Um, And obviously, molecular, you said? Sorry? Molecular. Molecular.
0: Molecular okay yeah we'll we'll find yeah. link next week yeah yeah um but but speaking of coffee in the event, I did a SDG seminar at the beginning of the event last week, and one of the examples I gave was a Japanese company called Hapoin, who mm-hmm. is using the sdGs as part of their clear communication to the customer about how they tie in sustainability mm-hmm. to their brand and everything they do. Yeah, even for imports. So Mm -hmm. it's really interesting about coffee, because of course, any coffee in Japan is not grown in Japan. So they talk about how it's connected to SDGs number two, no poverty, Mm -hmm. um, because they're doing direct trade and making sure that that business has enough money for growing coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of better than fair trade in, in some respects. Um, yes. but that was yeah. really exciting, right? To see really, Japanese yeah. companies who are using this clear communication, like we talk yeah. about, uh, to make it easier for customers to understand how they're different from mm. business
1: as usual, which I think is exactly. going forward is getting more important, right? Well, I think so because a lot of the, you know, through necessity, a lot of these products that are better sourced um you know more ethical more environmentally sound are a little bit more expensive because of the additional costs involved so if you're asking a consumer to pay more you need to have a really clear story for why that is you know why you're asking for more um and to help them understand that you know yes you, they're paying a little bit extra but look at the the benefits of that the impact of that so that story really needs to be clear doesn't it
0: Definitely. So finding ways where we don't overwhelm the customer, you know, but mm. and make it seem like it's too complicated. I can't take that in. Uh, yeah. So a simple way to communicate where it's good for the business, but it's also good for the customer. Absolutely. Uh, we, then they can make it forward. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another company I'd like to mention is Second Harvest. Oh, so yes. they're they're based in Tokyo. We were talking about food waste uh, before. You can donate money. And um, I gave 10% of all the income I got off YouTube this year and gave it to Second Harvest, and it bought, like, 75 meals. And so it makes you yeah. feel really good about giving, like, Challenging yourself to give a certain percentage of the income that you get and uh, giving it to an organization, which really does good for not only people by providing food to people in need, but also reusing that food waste, which is almost 40% in Japan. It's ridiculous,
1: right? It's it's really high. So it's tackling two really important issues at once with, with what they do. It's brilliant work. Yeah.
0: And you can donate money. But also, if you're in Tokyo, you can donate time. So as a volunteer, they need people to help uh, receive the excess food from supermarkets or restaurants and sort it out and get it to where it needs to be. Um, There's also other kinds of volunteer activities you could do. So, yeah, definitely check out Second Harvest.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah.
0: Another one I don't think we've mentioned yet, but one of my all-time favorites is Lush, of course. Lush Ah, is fantastic, especially in Christmas time. Um, If you go into any Lush store and they're all over Japan and all of the products Lush sells in Japan are made in Japan, right? And they do have to... Like source in ingredients from other countries, but I didn't realize that till a few years ago and is so impressed. And they yeah. have been doing so much with reducing packaging. Mm-hmm. So even the plastic containers that they use at their store, um, if you collect three of them and bring it back, they'll give you a, a free, free face scrub, I think. Um, <laughs> and they basically don't do any packaging anymore. Like they just really want you to use your own package uh, they have uh, embraced the furoshiki, right? So around the <laughs> world, you can use their knot wraps, which is furoshiki, um, to wrap your your presents. And they've got really cute things for Christmas. So definitely go uh, yep. be a patron of your local Lush store, especially at Christmas
1: time. <laughs> Well, my son's requested one of their bath bombs for for Christmas. He loves <laughs> the bath bombs; they're incredible. Yeah. So, uh, Some,
0: sometimes you need a bit of cleanup time after the bath bomb yes. because of all the of all yeah. the colors and dried flowers and everything in there, right? <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, that's true. But they do smell fantastic. So, <laughs>
0: um, another one I came across, which is really interesting, and I hope my son's not watching because I'm going to try to get him one for his Christmas. A skateboarder, Japanese skateboarder, I read about on this website, Tokion, Uh um, and they did an interview with him. He has started reusing offcuts of denim from the denim industry in Japan and making daruma, daruma dolls covered covered in uh, upcycled denim. And it looks so cool. It's really cool. So um, he doesn't have like a a website where he's selling it, but he Mm -hmm. said if you write him a message uh, through his Instagram. Yeah. Let me just show his Instagram here. Aren't they wonderful? Isn't that great? Yeah. So his Instagram is a craft and he shows how he makes it. And aren't they great?
1: It's so, wonderful. I, think, yeah, I, it's I hope they're unique.
0: I hope they're not too expensive because I have asked him for a price list. <laughs> But yeah, I love them, and my my son is a skateboarder, so I'm sure ah. it's something that he'll appreciate as well. Yes,
1: yeah, no, that's wonderful, and a really unique gift and really interesting things. At this time of year, it's really hard, isn't it, to think about what what can you get people and um right. Yeah, yeah you, you
0: and I just, think I think we yeah. talked about it before, right? Like mm. um, thinking about something meaningful, not just yes. buying. Co- quantity but buying yep. quality right quality, finding yeah. something that you really think somebody's gonna like and even if they don't like it maybe they could pass it on to someone who would like it or yeah when they use it for a long time or could it be if if it's from upcycled something anyway even by purchasing it you're you're doing a good yeah. thing for the environment and people planet profit balance right
1: yes yeah exactly there were some wonderful examples at the um the echo pro that um we were doing the, the chat from last friday um so i wasn't able to show inside when i was there but they had um so of course there were all the big companies there um sort of showcasing uh sort of lots of energy companies there were construction companies looking at um uh, sort of more environmentally sound um, ways of construction or materials for construction but there was also a sort of a um market kind of thing that had some really interesting kind of consumer products as well and a lot of those were either upcycled or um you know made really locally using you know really well-sourced ingredients um so there, there was clothing and and bags made from upcycled uh, plastic and upcycled fabric and things. So there were some really interesting options out there, actually.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. I I always look for things which are upcycled or things yeah. which are promoting a, like a zero waste shopping style or something. And I was so encouraged yesterday, not only to find Yuya, but he was collaborating with a vegan curry maker who was also doing a little zero waste shop And uh, also a raw vegan sweets person. So all these young innovators, entrepreneurs, I just, I get so much positive energy and hope from them for the future. It's so exciting. So I hope to have them on my show and help promote what they're doing even more to a wider audience. Because I, like I said before, I just think most people don't realize how special that is, how unique that is compared to business as usual right
1: absolutely yeah and i think you know we really need to be looking out for these innovators like you say the young entrepreneurs doing stuff that's interesting and different and really support them because it is it's hard right starting a business we both know that but you know how do you get the word out there how do you reach people um so i think anything we can do to help them with that is is important Another
0: thing since we talked last time, I don't think I talked about visiting a Yuzu farm, did I?
1: You mentioned it briefly, but I don't think we heard much about it. So oh look at
0: so you can see in this picture. I am so happy. Like it's beautiful <laughs> weather. I'm at an organic Yuzu farm. I learned so much about Yuzu. I've been using it in my bath, um, ones that are a bit dirty. But I love that when we were visiting the fireman, he said, go ahead and pick it off. And there's big thorns. So he has to wear gloves and navigate around the thorns. Um, he also, he cuts out the middle of the trees so okay. that he can get a lot of airflow. So he doesn't have to use pesticides or herbicides. Oh. Because he found if there's more airflow, he doesn't get any pests. Mm -hmm. And then
1: he said,
0: take a bite. Have you ever eaten the peel?
1: (laughs) Only very finely grated in stuff. Right? The peel of
0: yuzu. You can eat it and it actually tastes pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not yeah, too, yeah. I'm going to keep this one for cooking later, but I do have my Twitter feed. You can see me biting into one <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really a surprise. Like the inside is super, super sour, but the yeah. outside, if it's organic, sure, you can eat the peel.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, I've lived in Japan so long where people don't usually eat the peel of anything. So it's right. it really right. encouraging, right? Like even grapes. Yeah. Have you seen people not eat the peel of a grape yeah. in Japan? Yeah. Yeah. Or peeling them um, nice. or apples, definitely not the peel. So it was really refreshing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah. we always freak um, <laughs> our, our sort of kids teachers out when we send them into school, you know, with a bento um, with unpeeled apple slices um and and they'd be like hey yeah, you eat the the peel <laughs> yes where I come from if you took the peel off people would think you were crazy um so yeah, yeah it's just a very well, we
0: have a we have bread. a lot of things like you said last time too uh when you buy bread in Japan often there's no ends yeah right, right. or or if you get yeah. sandwiches in the convenience store there's no crust Mm-hmm. So I think there's something about taking off the outside, which is very Japanese, right?
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's an inter I don't know where that comes from, but it's very interesting to me. And, and I'm curious about, you know, particularly with the bread, where do the crusts go? I hope they're not wasted. But uh, yes, I would imagine a lot of them are. So yeah yeah
0: mm. um a, a friend i meant to mention the last time you said that a friend of mine when we were jets when we first came to japan we were always looking for ways to save money and he would he found out that if you go to a bakery and you ask for the pan no mimi the bread's ears which is <laughs> the ends of the love yeah you'll you'll basically be given huge bags of crust for mm. almost nothing yeah. And so he he realized a really great way to save money, but also that's more sustainable because you're yeah. reducing the food waste, right? Absolutely. That's brilliant. Go yeah, go like ask brilliant. for your pan no mimi in pan Japan. Mimi.
1: That's wonderful. <laughs> I didn't realize it was called that all these years. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I just thought of that yeah. while you were talking about the crest last yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I had a really interesting talk uh at the beginning of this week with Ooh. a female foreign priest Buddhist priest yes Victoria Yoshimura so she Mm. is based in uh, Miyazaki and she's in a really beautiful area Takachiho and she married a priest who's in the line of priests in his family going back 400 years Wow! and she became a priest herself so that was a Mm. really interesting talk like talk about the glass ceiling. There must be something else yeah. for the the priesthood. But that was interesting. That's fascinating.
1: <laughs> you don't hear of very many female priests full stop, and, and to have one in Japan as well, who's non Japanese, is incredible.
0: Yeah. And continuing on the female power uh, yeah. since our last talk, I talked with Erami Ray Hermosia, and mm-hmm. she has started a business called Shacho Bell. Huh. And she comes from she was doing legal work as a paralegal mm-hmm. for years, helping people with visa issues. And she still yeah. does that. But now she's uh, taking her project management skills uh, to help people create plans and follow through kind of like career coaching. And so yeah. it was great talking with her. She's got a really interesting background and she's really helping people put their plans to action. Mm-hmm. I think this is something a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, right? You have these great so. ideas, but how do you make it happen?
1: Yes, right? yes. To be honest, I don't think it's just the, the entrepreneurs that struggle with that, <laughs> you know sort of thinking about um the the coffee company i was talking about earlier you know the project we were working on this year was to to help them understand you know do the materiality process to help them understand the you know their impact their risks etc but then to help them set goals and ambition around carbon around ethical sourcing and all of this stuff but then of course having set those goals. And that was a long, slow process to get there. Um, They then need to work out, okay, so how are we going to achieve these? And that's, it's really hard, actually. Um, You know, all these companies now are talking about setting zero carbon targets or, sorry, sourcing targets. They're all coming out with, you know, saying the right things, but actually working out how they're going to do that is really quite tricky. So I, I think, yeah, for any, Um, organization whether it's a a sort of a one-person startup or these big companies you know really mapping out that journey having clear milestones actions underneath those is um, a really really important part of the process yeah
0: definitely having someone also that you're accountable to yes um, who who you make a plan with and then they check up on you later like you need that especially it's so easy to yeah. just give up and say it's not working oh but if my coach is going to check oh i better make it work or <laughs> at least have something to tell her you yes. know and she really helped me recently i um, doing government subsidy paperwork which is uh-huh. so confusing but uh, she introduced to me that i might be eligible for some government subsidy for okay. new projects and so uh-huh. working with her was like
1: a lifesaver Wow. Brilliant. And no, that yeah. sounds really helpful, especially like you say, for the smaller companies, we might not know about these things that are out there. We don't have the resources of the larger companies with their legal department who can go and look for this kind of stuff and know how to fill it all in. So um, it sounds as though what she's doing is really helpful, particularly for the smaller organizations.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, check out Chacho Bell. I'll put links below for all these. Ooh, wonderful. Um, I also just uploaded a podcast with Felicity okay. Tillack. Now, she is an amazing uh, filmmaker. She is from Australia, but she is so good at Japanese that she wrote a screenplay and filmed and directed an uh, indie film, like a full-length right. film, Mm-hmm. in Japanese, with Japanese actors and everything, called the Impossible to Imagine. And it Ooh. came out, I think, two years ago. But I just interviewed her and then watched the film. It was really, really mm-hmm. good. I was very impressed. And it gives you an idea um, of what Kyoto looks like. It's like a modern Kyoto love story. Yeah, Um, But she also is doing these really interesting short documentaries, like interviews with people in Kyoto. So Mm -hmm. she interviewed a guy who is running a really popular uh, cafe called the Jam Jar. And uh, he's just closed it after five years, but it's how he built community He reutilized an old minka, Japanese style, traditional like house. And so some local Japanese people from the community also really loved coming in Mm. and taking in this amazing atmosphere that they grew up with. But it's becoming less and less in Japan. Mm
1: -hmm. So it was
0: a really beautiful little documentary. She's a talented lady.
1: Mm, Fantastic. I'll have to go and look for that.
0: Yeah. So those were some highlights uh, from the last two weeks. And then um, at the event, we had uh, organic farmer Thomas Klepper, who was talking about composting and uh, doing his farm. He does uh, animals as well. So he has chickens mm-hmm. and goats and sheep on his organic farm. And yep. he does no till farming which oh, is brilliant. a kind of a different yeah. style of organic farming.
1: Have yes. you ever heard yes. of
0: um, Fukuoka sensei who wrote uh, the One one Straw Revolution, the, mm. the famous book? So he, he had the idea that you don't need to till the soil, that you shouldn't disturb the soil. And um, so Thomas is kind of following on from that idea and just aerating. So his farm is Pitchfork Farms because you just – Put air in the soil, but you don't till it all up. And uh, he was talking about the benefits of that. That was really interesting.
1: Well, that's brilliant. No, I think that's really beginning to be become quite a movement um, with, with farming, but also a lot of sort of uh, hobby gardeners and things as well um i know my father's been doing this back in the uk and was you know talking a couple of years ago about starting to do his no-till vegetable patch and so on so uh, yeah it seems that awareness is really building around that
0: yeah. And if you haven't read that book by Fukuoka Sensei, it's amazing. It was a really interesting read. Um, he was uh, like an old Japanese guy and he was really passionate about no-till and about growing food. Mm-hmm. He asked elementary schools all around his area to, for the kids to collect all the seeds from their lunches. And then he would collect all the seeds and he would take it to Africa. And make these clay seed bombs and just put them down and see what would grow. He was so inspiring. Like he was really amazing.
1: Right. Now I do remember now you, you describing the seed balls. Uh, yes, I do remember reading something about that. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: we, we had another speaker, uh, Michiaki Nishio, who designed this. It's like a puzzle, a wooden puzzle based on the topography of what Hiroshima's rivers look like. And so he was explaining that. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he also knows a lot about, you know, Miyajima Island in Hiroshima. Yes. So he knows a lot about how one of the old pavilions, Thousand Matt Hall, how the wood was repaired so mm-hmm. if you look at the old wood when you're there there's some gourd shape repairs in the wood yeah. and so he was talking about uh, what he him and some other researchers think is connected to uh, Hiroshima's history based on the feudal lords and how those symbols have special meaning and stuff so that was really interesting
1: Wow, fascinating stuff <laughs>
0: So that that catches me up anything else been on your reader any other events yeah. you've been a part of
1: I think that's it really there was just the one event this week it was just all um a lot of client work in between that I think it's coming towards the end of the the year and people are suddenly trying to wrap things up and get stuff ready for next year um so it's been be- very busy because of that so uh, in a good way which is good yeah. but, no I think that's everything me, oh, know.
0: good. So you can have a nice break, not too much work and to leading Looking to the end to of the year. A couple oh, of things happening
1: next week, but then, yes, hopefully, a bit of uh downtime, much needed. Nice.
0: Good, good. Um, I did write a medium article this week as well, uh, called Compost is My Christmas Wish. <laughs> <laughs> So it. compost, um, I talk about my experience, of course, visiting the zero waste town of Kamikatsu in Shikoku mm-hmm. Island where they're trying to sort uh, into 40 categories for their garbage. Um, I also visited San Francisco and they have three different bins and they're trying to compost and sort all their recycling as well as reduce their landfill but mm-hmm. the biggest surprise for me was when i went to victoria in canada yeah. and they do not incinerate or landfill anything
1: oh brilliant
0: right yeah so their strategy was you either recycle it reuse it or compost it huh. so you know for me that was the biggest eye-opener mm-hmm. and so i talked about that in that article
1: Wonderful. Well, I look forward to reading that. So please share the link. Yeah, yeah,
0: I will. I will. Well, that's our 30 minutes. So thank you so much, Tova. Thank you, everybody, thank for you. joining. Have a great, great weekend. See you. Thanks so much for joining. Tova and I will be back for our next episode in the first week of January 2022. So please join us again then. And also remember to save the date for our women in clean tech and sustainability conference which will be in hiroshima tokyo and online from wherever you are on march 21st uh, from 9 a.m to 4 p.m an all day online and in-person event so please save the date for that thanks so much for joining have a great day take care